0: Welcome to the show. I'm very excited to talk to you today. Thank you so much, Elaine. I'm glad to be here. Very excited to talk with you. And for people that are watching this versus listening to this, they can already probably guess the topic we're going to be talking to, about today. And that is around the soft skills, which I don't even know what it's called that we need to change that we need to use something else for it. But I'm very excited to talk to you about this topic. But before we go in, tell me a little bit of your, about your career story and how you end up being so passionate about soft skills yourself.
1: Oh, uh, thank you so much. Yes, it's interesting. The soft skills debate of the term, I think uh, it's it's as I was thinking about soft skills and why they're so important in, in the name of my business. So the name of my business is TFA soft skills. And, and that's an evolution since I started my own business four years ago. And when I was trying to think about what, should, you know, how, can we call it something else? Because there is such a great debate. Are they human skills? Uh, there, there's nothing soft about them, right? The competition with hard skills, the whole thing. And I figured, well, at least for now point in time, most people are anchored in soft skills. And so while we've got that uh, audience that can understand what they are at this point, we can work on changing it. I think for the purpose of our discussion and, and what I think they are, it's the um, attributes and characteristics and abilities that can help one, differentiate themselves from someone else. So that's really what I've anchored so much of what I do. Um, in terms of my path, you know, I, I I appreciate you asking the question because I think, you know, I also have a podcast and I talk with people all the time about their path and how they've navigated their path. And the first thing I want to say is that it's never a straight line and it's never what you think it's going to be, rarely. <laughs> and I am someone, I'm, I'm living proof of that. I, I started out with a degree in communications. Uh, I graduated in um, the early nineties when we were in a recession and there was really no work. And I ended up working at a gym, like at a, at a tennis um, squash center (laughs) and was the receptionist and, you know, was frustrated. I had just graduated with my degree in communications. I was ready to like take on the world. I had a minor in psychology and there was just nothing available and It started a whole journey for me of really trying to figure out like, what am I going to do with myself? What, what, what do I really want to do? Communications as a degree is, is fairly vague and I didn't realize that at the time either in terms of what does that mean and what can that get you? Uh, So I actually ended up leaving. I'm I'm from the DC area. I left and I went to California in the early nineties to be an actress. I had done some acting in college and I thought, well, This is the, this is the chance. I can't figure out exactly what I'm going to do professionally. So I'm going to, I'm going to go be an actress. So I spent three or four years in LA and I did a lot of background work. I was in friends. Everybody was like, Oh my God, you're in friends. I was like very background in friends. I'm in the movie, Jerry Maguire. There's a scene you could see me in there. Uh, But I, during that time, I'm from the East coast. I'm the youngest of five, a lot of, you know, siblings that had kids. And I was just missing a lot of that. So I decided to come back home and that's really when I got exposed to the world of human resources. And I worked for a temp agency and that sort of wet my whistle of like, "Oh, I love people. I love working with people. I love developing people." And then that really was a springboard to almost a 25 plus career in human resources where I spent a lot of time in professional services which for people that are like, what is professional services? (laughs) Um, I worked for PricewaterhouseCoopers for for a good eight to 10 years. And then I worked with um, Deloitte for almost 13 years. And then I left Deloitte and had a brief stint at Amazon. So lots of great experience in terms of what I was exposed to. If you're someone that's into the study and observing people, which is me, (laughs) uh, you know, it was a great fertile ground for that. And I left. Amazon and started my own business focused on developing soft sales because I found that people were extremely limited or they were excelling on their acumen in the soft skill space. And I feel strongly that we are working so hard to help people to develop their technical skills, but the soft skills are hurting and there's a gap. And we need to help people and we need to help people that are graduating from college. We need to ha- help people that are in high school. We need to help people that are in elementary school. And we e- and we also need to help our uh, individual contributors that are getting promoted to manager and then manager to exec and exec to C-suite. Like if you follow these milestones, soft skills and the importance of soft skills in those gates um, is critical. And so I've really spent the last four years cultivating and driving a business that's focused on developing and strengthening those mm.
0: yeah and it's um, it's it's fascinating how you know you're absolutely right to get to that next level you know i think a lot of people get to that mid-level because it's just like as long as you're just kind of doing what you're supposed to be doing you're good but yep. once you get in that people management level if you don't have those soft skills the variety of them and to be able to influence and and lead and and, and manage up as well that becomes a, a, a bottleneck and I, I like to joke and say a lot of well it's not a joke well it kind of is but it's well it's the truth but it's kind of sad at the same time so you have to make a joke about it, that a lot of careers die at mid-level yeah so that's how I feel yeah. I feel like it's and it's sad to me and that's because of the lack of the soft skills so I'm curious from from your experience uh, what is it? Do you, you think that we spend so much time on investing in hard skills versus soft skills? Why is there such a push, especially from a lot of leadership, right? Where they're spending money on certifications yeah. on on hard skills, but then soft skills, it's like almost like we can't grasp on the importance of it.
1: Yeah, it's such a good question, and I think people have an immediate reaction to it. If you if if you are someone that values soft skills. You can see people, the light bulb go off right away and say, yeah, that's important. If you're someone that values hard skills or, and by hard skills, we should probably define, I think people sometimes are like, what does that really mean? So hard skills really, I I believe it to mean anything that you spend your time learning and developing your craft. So you can be a mathematician, you can be a musician, you can be an architect, you can be a plumber. And you know whatever the disc, you can be a coder, you can be a consultant. You, can, you know any profession, that hard skill is the is the thing is the is the skills and attributes that you've worked on to develop that acumen in that line of work. And the soft skills in my opinion are what support and augment and fill in the gaps. And that connective tissue. And I think why, why there's such a disconnect is that it's easier to measure hard skills. (laughs) It's easier to drive performance and have a very clear, if you do X, you get X in terms of, for a lot of the professions I just mentioned to you, like in any discipline where you're learning the technicality of that discipline, there's typically measurement and clear Direction. I think in the soft skill space, it's less clear. There's more room for interpretation. And people often think, well, if you're an extrovert, you're good at it. And if you're an introvert, you're not. And so why should we even try to uh, spend any time in this space? Like it's just a foregone conclusion that you're one or the other. And what I think is is really important for people to know is that it's a skill like any other skill. <laughs> and so if you spend that time developing it, uh, I've seen amazing transformation. That's why I love what I do now in terms of coaching or group coaching or working with people in this space. If someone is interested in strengthening these skills or developing them, uh, you can you can have amazing transformation. It isn't just for those that are comfortable in front of a room full of people. Uh there's, there's a lot of room to grow and to strengthen if you have an interest.
0: Hmm. Do you think some of it has to do with the fact that, you know, at the end of the day, business is business and companies want to make money. And when you teach somebody hard skills, you can see the result right there, right? You teach somebody to code or to use some kind of tool and they can go and they can hit the ground running and they can start utilizing that skill versus soft skills, depending on what the topic and depending on somebody's exposure to it, it can take months and sometimes years for people to really become excellent at communication, at presenting, at uh, being a better people manager. So do you think it's also that we're just, you know, for better or for worse, we're very focused on the business side of like, we need to produce. I think that's right. I think there's a production. And I also think that
1: it's a, it's one of those things that people assume you have. So it's, you know they're they're going to anticipate that if you've you've got your degree and now I've hired you to code I shouldn't have to teach you that like you should know how to do that right and 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 that the, on the development side or on the technical side you know that to your point yeah that's a little bit more where maybe the revenue is being generated or at least that's the conversation I'm looking at a quote here right now because I was telling you earlier you know I, I encourage people to go and put soft skills important soft skills success into your browser, and you will be surprised it will comes back. Um, there's you, there's so much literature out there and articles now, publications, we're reputable sources talking about this. And so I'm looking at a stat right here. It says 85% of job success comes from having well-developed soft skills and people skills, while only 15% of job success comes from technical. And that was research conducted by Harvard University at the, and the Carnegie Foundation and Stanford Research Center. So there's a misnomer out there that they're not important. And as someone who was on the front lines in in an HR capacity and really seeing the impact when people don't have these skills, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's striking in terms of their ability to your point to progress. The other thing that I think is so important and that's why I mentioned, you know, people at earlier stages in their life, whether it's high school or college or entry level talent, these skills can really di- differentiate you. They can make you a stronger candidate. They can get you better grades, right? They can get you invited to parties. It's the idea that like the networking, the communication, um, being able to interview well, being able to present, these are opportunities for you to differentiate yourself in a really competitive landscape. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if there, to me, it's like, it's right there for the taking. Um, and if, if you have your, your willingness to kind of put yourself, if you're someone that, is a little uncomfortable in that space or hasn't spent time developing it. Um, if you spend a little time, I think you would find that the investment will come back for sure. Mm.
0: And no, I completely agree with you. And I I think, so I work with a bunch of techies, a lot of software developers. And so they tend to be more on the introverted side and they're like, you know, especially like kind of fresh graduates, um, you know, uh, mid twenties to late twenties. And they're just like, I just want to code. I don't care about people management. You know, I just want to do my coding behind behind the screen and that's all I want to do. Do you see, uh, you know, have you seen like a trend where people tend to realize that sooner or later, if you want to grow, you just have to, have to uh, have those soft skills, but because we do hear of very, you know, techie people that kind of don't really necessarily ever, you know, upskill themselves on, on the soft soft side. Um, do you see like a trend? Is there like a pivot point? Or do you feel like the person really just has to have that want and desire to make a change? What does it you know, I, push? Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, I love that question. Because uh, what I think is really important about this space is that wherever you are on the spectrum, if you're somebody that's interested in your own growth and development, there's opportunities to strengthen the skills. So to your point of like, do you have to be at an inflection point where you're going to be a manager and all of a sudden you have to have people skills? No. (laughs) Uh, You know, if you're someone that is, is appreciates being behind the scenes, being an individual contributor and not necessarily having to be leading people or having to exhibit or demonstrate these skills all the time, there's still an opportunity to strengthen your own comfort level. So I know, we're, I think we'll talk about it in a minute, but I just finished and I published a book called Soft Skills They have Learned the Hard Way. And, it, and it's a, it's infotainment because I try to make it funny. There are a lot of great stories about ways that I failed in my own career, but also every chapter is is about where are you now? And how do you wanna take the next steps to helping yourself feel more comfortable? I mean, all of us have to go to cocktail parties, right? Or have to go to start, if you're if you're younger, you have to go to a club and like a club sport or talk to a coach or talk to a teacher. Like we all have situations where it's uncomfortable, where you need to be able to, or you want to be able to speak more confidently. Just take that for example, minus everything that we've already covered. Even that is a skill that you can develop. How do you make a good first impression? Do you know how many times it takes to undo a bad first impression?
0: Is there a statistic around that? 20. Wow. 20
1: times. And you've got 30 seconds. So you have 30 seconds to make a good first impression and you have 20, it takes 20 times to undo a bad one. So, helping people understand what goes into that first impression. There's you know, there's just so much that you can do that. And again, it's not it's not a massive swing. You know, there's mm-hmm. subtle moves you can make, um, practice in the mirror, practice with a friend, put, you know, talk with the grocery store, uh, folks, you know, there's ways to practice that are low stakes yeah. that you that you can strengthen and develop the skills.
0: Hmm. Um, I'm curious. So you mentioned your book. So, and it's, it's, for those that are watching on video, you can see it yes. right there. And it's, yeah. um, uh, first of all I'm curious about the cover why did you choose yeah. uh, that that cover I'm always so can you describe it to people who are just yeah listening? so if you can't see it it says soft skills I, I learned the
1: hard way in, in big black letters and right in the center is a big piece of wrapped candy and uh, it's supposed to illustrate or it's supposed to be a, a jolly rancher and I'll explain the jolly rancher story so I was just telling this story not two hours ago and I had a person kind of falling out on the floor when I told the story. So it's a first impression story. And this is an example of kind of what you'll find in the book. But I was about um, maybe eight years into my career at one of the professional services firms I was mentioning. I uh, felt like I had really started to build a brand for myself, being taken more seriously as an advisor to the business. And I had a very important meeting with a senior exec a partner in the firm, and I was supposed to meet with him about talking about employee exit. So it was a serious subject matter not to be taken lightly. So I was in my office, I was preparing and I got the call and he said, I'm ready early. Like, can you, can you come now? So I was, of course, you know, I was ready to go. So I got myself together and I had a bowl of Jolly Ranchers on my desk and I popped one of my mouths so that I could have a nice, you know, I didn't want to have dry mouth for the conversation. So I got myself all ready and, you know, got my, and I, the our elevators were iffy. They aren't always working great. So I was like, I'll just run up the two flights of stairs. So I run up the two flights of stairs. I enter this uh, partner's office, who who I'd never met face-to-face. I just knew of him. And as I run into his office, I was so out of breath from the stairs that I was like huffing and huffing. I was like, it's so nice. And I started choking on oh the Jolly Rancher literally choking and by the way oh, no. this this executive was extremely good looking like probably one of the <laughs> best looking humans i've ever seen and he's behind this huge mahogany desk and i'm like in this personal hell while i'm choking and then the jolly rancher comes up <laughs> drops right on the guy's desk and he's just like we're just staring at each other oh, like peripherally he like takes his hand and he's like gets a tissue and like moves it and- <laughs> like have a seat you know and I, it's like I'm never getting that moment back ever um, <laughs> and that is like not everybody has that kind of first impression story but it's a great lesson in preparedness take the moment yeah. don't take future. the stairs <laughs> go yeah, slow. <laughs> go slow exactly like take you know yeah take a good couple of breaths I mean it is um though it's so funny as I was pulling in the book together because I really wanted it to not be dry and boring. That's the right. thing about when you think of human resources, or you think about professional development, or you think about things that we're, we get excited about. Some people might think it's a little bland and boring. And I've, I've had so many experiences like that, uh, where I've sort of put, you know, whether it's physical humor or just caught myself in situations that are so embarrassing and I was able to capture it and then and then also kind of learn from it and be able to give some counsel on like wh- what has helped me to overcome those kind of things throughout my career.
0: Yeah. And I think those are the stories that make it very relatable to people. I mean, we've all had our share of embarrassing moments, I'm sure. And I think when people read it, that's what uh, really kind of sparks the interest. I'm like, OK, she gets me. She's been there, you know, no matter even if she was a communication major. So another lesson there is like, even if you know you're uh, brave enough to go to L.A. and do the whole acting and and you know what I mean? And all of that yeah. and still, you know, uh, even individuals that are very outgoing can can kind of have their setbacks.
1: Yes. And it's so, you know, I was so serious about my work. I was, it was so important that people saw me Mm -hmm. seriously and, Mm -hmm. and that I was capable and I had worked very hard to get to that point. And so it, it just, you know, that it's partly who I am. Like I, I've realized that about myself and have come to like, appreciate that about me. I kind of live loudly and I make big mistakes and that's just, you know, how I've been able to grow, but it is, you got to learn to laugh at yourself. That's a big thing of like, and and dust yourself off and know that even if you feel comfortable around people, there's still a lot of space to develop these skills for sure. So who would
0: you say would be an ideal reader for you? Who did you write this for?
1: Um, So I have, yeah, my ideal reader, I think is an entry level talent, like someone just graduating from college. I feel like it's a great graduation (laughs) present uh, in terms of just laying out what happens in a professional world and how to get yourself, whether from an interviewing perspective. So we talk about interviewing, communication, networking, influence. Uh, I talk about authenticity. Uh, I talk a lot about, um, you know, how to navigate that path and how to work through that communication, obviously. And then I do also have a chapter on leadership in the beginning stages of leadership. I know there's so much out there Mm -hmm. on leadership. And so I wanted to be very intentional about moving from, an individual contributor to a leadership position. And what are those gaps or what are those, you know, areas that people typically fall? Uh, so I would say number one target is is that. And then second would be um somebody that in the is in the tech space or is in a space where they are less exposed to, to having to leverage or strengthen those soft skills and feel a little uncomfortable or feel mm. like it's an area that they've been coached on, like, you know, work on, on strength. And I think it's a great book for someone in that space. And then um, you're high achieving like juniors and seniors in high school. Like I've, I've talked to a couple of AP, AP chem classes, you know, like so, so some of the high school students that are really eager to to, um, excel and are achievement oriented. I found that they enjoy the book also. Mm-hmm. So I would say those are the three, the, the three demographics that seem to be hitting well.
0: Uh, I'm curious from your experience, especially talking with young talent, yeah. um, have you noticed if for some of these topics on some soft skills topics, like, especially those that are kind of around emotional intelligence or conflict resolutions, mm-hmm. um, and kind of influencing and these sort of things, What I find uh, in conversations is that because they haven't experienced conflict quite yet, maybe in some cases, maybe not at that level, right? Um, And and some of them have, of course, in early life, but many uh, young students coming out, you know, fresh graduates have an experience, so they almost don't see the value in it in the beginning. So, you know, although they know, they kind of conceptually, they know it's important, but have you had that um, in your conversation? I'm just curious. In terms of their 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 understanding of of
1: conflict resolution or how to how to manage that, or More just the,
0: the importance of 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 uh, those topics. Yes, you know what I find that I think is it's true of
1: of entry level talent, and frankly, it's true of a lot of people that are are seasoned, depending on their habits. And you know, have you heard of that term, like? what um what got you here won't get you there yeah yes. there might be a title of a book or it's a speech yeah. or and i think that um the idea that collaboration and active listening and being able to communicate through challenge and through opposing opinions is extremely important and it it's a skill and it's a skill to understand when to listen when to assert your opinion when to collaborate uh when i when i was at amazon they, they're very focused on their leadership principles mm-hmm. i think it's very well known you can go google that and you'll get lots on their on their leadership principles but one of the things that i thought was really interesting was disagree and commit that's one of their leadership principles And what I liked about that is it created a space for you and I to not agree and for us to debate and to have different opinions, which I think is how you innovate and get great solutions. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, we have to agree. So (laughs) so we have to commit to that agreement and say, we're going to go to this path forward. And I do think that that is something that Is continuously a challenge for people, you know, regardless of your level or how senior you are, being able to know, okay, now is when I really need to listen. And now is really when I need to be open to the conversation versus like, I'm expected to have an opinion and I need to drive an outcome. And Mm -hmm. so it's tricky. I think to your point, do people know its importance? I don't think so. And Mm -hmm. do they, do they, I think once they start to develop these skills, they see it working. They're like, oh, okay. You know, and it helps their brand and their reputation. And that it it helps. I think the thing that you alluded to earlier, and I I I, I should find a stat on this, which is like the thing with soft skills and strengthening these skills, there's a lot of delayed gratification.
0: Right. It's not
1: like you're immediately to your point, yeah, you coded that right. You get it, you get your gold star. It's it is a Um, iterative builds over time. And now it's like, oh, I worked with Elena on that project. And she was so willing to go the extra mile. She was so collaborative. She was able to like get in there, roll her sleeves up and do the thing. She was also um, able to pivot when things got uncomfortable. I want to work with her again. And that's where this stuff comes out that that is hard to measure, you know, hard to necessarily, you know, put in the books of like, here's how you do this. But as you practice it, you'll see other people model it. Mm. You know, it it, it is a game changer.
0: Yeah. And I I think it's just uncomfortable for people. I think it's that, I think it's that discomfort that you feel when you have to, especially for certain, certain skills, you know, again, whether it's conflict management or managing your emotions in certain situations or being self-aware, right? I mean, that's charming. Every year I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I don't know myself, I feel like it's a continuous thing. And and I've been doing this for years. And every year, I'm like, oh, my goodness. So and then there's people who, you know, just now kind of, you know, when they're much seasoned, and kind of starting this reflection, and that becomes more difficult. Um, and I think that that probably has a lot to do with that, with, with, with
1: it. One of the things I'll say about the discomfort, because I think you're right. And it's almost like anything where you're uncomfortable and you push yourself a little bit to be less uncomfortable. And then the next time you do it, it's a little bit easier. You know, if you think about anything like skiing or, um, you know, something physical like running, if you or someone that never was a runner and then you try to run for the first time or even weightlifting or, you know, there's a lot of examples of of times in your life where you had to push through discomfort to get to the other side and i think all of us have discomfort in this space or you're in a reporting relationship with someone where it's very uncomfortable or you're in a class with a teacher that you you feel like you can't talk to i mean it it like transcends age i feel like and so to me putting yourself say i'm going to i'm going to stretch myself i'm going to make myself a little uncomfortable today i'm going to just push myself a little bit and see how that feels, you, it's like that, I heard you in another uh, one of your previous interviews talking about like action creates momentum. Mm-hmm. And I think that's right. Like that momentum of like, I tried it, I did it, I can do it again. Uh, it's it's amazing. It, like mm-hmm. that's where that transformation happens.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's just going, oh, getting over that, you know, and that's, <laughs> where the, that's where that coaching and the mentorship and that support yes. comes in and, and, and to hear stories like even yours and, and through that book to say, okay, well, it's, everybody's going through this, you know, and I think that's the misconception is like, you know, even those the most confident of us out there probably double check themselves all the time. Am I doing this right? Am I standing right? Am I communicating right? Right. So, and I think just, just having that coaching and and that support, it uh, means a world of a difference, um, you know. Let me tell you this one other story because this is really funny. So
1: s- s- different company, uh, audience full of senior exec leaders. I was taking over for someone who had been beloved in their position. Everybody loved this person. Mm-hmm. They thought he was fantastic. And I was stepping in and it was a big meeting where I there was like a literally a changing of the garb where he introduced me and said, you know, do you want to say a few words to the room? So I got up, I was so excited. I had like rehearsed what I was gonna say. You know, I had this big moment. And uh, and so I said, oh, thank you so much. And I'm so excited to be part of this team now. And I can't wait to work with all of you. And then as I was, it was all going so well. I had the room, had the attention. And then I said, I look forward to eating all of you later. <laughs> Instead of meeting you, yeah. I mean in the room and it was predominantly male.
0: Yeah, and oh,
1: no. probably 20 years ago, right? And they're just like cracking up oh, and no. someone in the back room was like, uh, that's not how he, you know, they made some comment about oh. my predecessor and it just, and like, I have, you're in the moment, right? You can either like, you can either laugh with them yeah. or just completely panic and fall apart, you know? So I, you know, of course made a joke because you gotta yeah. be self-deprecating. You gotta, you gotta make a joke at that point. Yeah. And you know, I'm. I still showed up the next day. I still, you know, was a high performer. It's like it doesn't define you. You're even if, you know, if you're uncomfortable, things happen. You know, you can you can move on. You can recover from it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So <laughs> I'm. I'm. Uh, that's that's hilarious. That's something I do by the way. Like I, 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 and I'm. I'm a person that tends to wing things. And even if I prepare, if I over-prepare, I tend to. And now you, I. I mean, people that know me and listening to this are like, yep. I, I mean, in my big conferences and you name it, I've done, I've just, I do this all the time, like on a monthly basis. I just accept it as part of my personality. So keep it authentic. So I'm yeah. with you there. Um, so I, I have just a couple of questions left for you, but I'm curious for people who are interested to get the book, where do, where, where, yes. where can you find it? So you can go to Amazon. It's available there. Um, and I
1: mentioned it's uh, Soft Skills, I Learned the Hard Way. It's also, you can go to my website. If you go to um, t- www.tfasoftskills.com, there's a lot of great info there. I have a blog. We have a newsletter where we send out five soft skills tips for every month, five to 10. So that's a great opportunity. to Just get some quick hit tips. Um, you can get to the podcast there as well. Um, and then you can order the book or there's a link to, to get the book uh, from, from our website too.
0: Sure. And I'll make sure to share all, all of those links. Yeah. Thank and where, you so do you ha- much. where do you hang out on social media? You're primarily on LinkedIn or?
1: I have Instagram. I do have a fair amount of activity on LinkedIn also. Um, so there's a TFA soft skills page on LinkedIn. And then also I'm personally on LinkedIn and then Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we all were handles in, in all of those as well.
0: Awesome. Um, And one of the questions I have for you as we're wrapping yeah. up this chat is, you know what do you what do you wish uh, a question that people would ask themselves more often? What is one question that you wish yes, people would ask? Themselves? I love this
1: question, and I I challenge people to say, with no limitations, no self-imposed limitations, no monetary limitations, no, you know, any limitation you might put on yourself. What is it that you want to do? What is it that you want to be? You know, how do you want to take the next steps forward? What is it? What are the, what is the goal? What do you see for yourself without limitations? I think I love that question. And when you strip away the, the, well, there's this and there's this, and you know, the things that take Mm -hmm. you away from that, just being able to ask yourself that question, and really free flow it and see what comes out. It's pretty amazing. And then that's a great place to start with, especially for people that are stuck, you talked about career transition.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We work a lot with uh, clients in that space. Like once you're, if you're trying, like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't, you know, I can't figure it out. It's like strip away everything, like blue sky thinking, just what if, what what mm-hmm. could you be if without the limitations?
0: I love that question. I love it. Um, and another question for you, um, yes. and this might be a hard one, but um, if you had a magic stick, what yeah. would you like to see in the world or change whatever it may be.
1: Yeah, there's obviously so much. I think the thing for me that I've come to realize and it's taken me a long time is the ability for one to be authentic to themselves. And by that I mean there's a lot at least in the professional space of of bringing your authentic self to work and and there there's that's a version of what I'm saying, but it's it's a little bit deeper than that in terms of, I have found the closer I am to who I am, the easier my life is. Mm -hmm. So if I, if you can find the true you that feels the most like you, and that's what you show to the world, the, the easier things are when you're pretending, when you're trying to do something because you think someone else wants you to do it, you're doing something because for materialistic purposes, like I've had so many different motivators in my life. <laughs> and what I've realized when, with the book, I, I wrote this chapter on authenticity because I think it is it is the ultimate differentiator because there's I always say there's only one you on this planet. Mm-hmm. And so the more you're anchored in that, it really has just it makes things so much easier and you're more confident and you feel better. So my magic wand would be to have people embrace that and to and to find it because you first you have to like know what it is. Your point about being self-aware, like know what it is, embrace it and be it. That would be my that would be my magic wand. Get out there and be authentic and it will it will come. It will all come for sure. Beautiful.
0: Thank you so much for being on the show. I very much appreciate everything that you're doing. And I look forward to also uh, reading the book and sharing it with my audience. Thank you so much. This was a a real
1: pleasure. I I appreciate you asking me to be on. Thank you so much.